There are very few child actors who go on to become global superstars, receiving over 200 award nominations for their work in music, film, and television, and even holding a Guinness World Record for being the youngest judge ever during their time on X Factor. Starring in multiple TV shows and films, releasing seven studio albums, touring the world a few times over, all before the age of 30, is a life most people would dream of. But few people are built for. And sometimes even those built for it crumble under the intense pressure. I've suffered from cross addictions over the past few years. My darkest period was going into treatment for that first 48 hours and not having any communication with the outside world. But as the saying goes, pressure creates diamonds. And despite the public missteps and internal struggles, this superstar is back with their eighth studio album and after years of dominating the pop charts, is returning to their rock roots. I'm your host, Tamara Dia, and this is The Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. And today, that's Demi Lovato. You're about to drop your eighth studio album, Holy f***. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it. it's my favorite curse word. You know, while a lot of people are seeing this as your departure into rock music, this is actually your return to rock music, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm actually, you know, when I first started out making music, it was pop rock and it was very inspired by like the Warp Tour emo days. This is the real just bringing it back. You posted a photo back in January on your Instagram with the caption, a funeral for my pop era. Does this mean you are officially done making pop music or is that door still somewhat open for the future? I never shut the door on any genre of music. I'm just focusing on a different one. The genre of music that I did in the past, a lot of pop, like R&B pop, um, is not something that I plan on going back to. It's also like I'm such a fluid person when it comes to my gender, my sexuality, my music, my creativity. It's like I don't know where things are going to take me, but I do know that the what the future holds for me is not my pop music. Never one to shy away from controversy. Demi's new album cover had a lot of people clutching their pearls. Well, something that is a departure for you is the album's cover art. Can you talk about the symbolism on it? Yes. So the song um, that I named the album after is called Holy F***. And I wanted to flip that on its head. Like instead of just saying, having a song called Holy F***, just about anything, I wanted it to be about like, I'm a holy f***. There's a lot of um, <laughs> there's a lot of songs that are like sexually empowered on this album. Right. 
also songs that have like religious undertones to it. And so laying on a bed that was shaped like a cross was something that um, I thought fit with the title of the album and also some of the other songs on this album. Like, for instance, I have a song called Heaven that's based off of a Bible verse, but it's actually about masturbation. This album has a lot of different concepts and um, there's the dichotomy of like the balance of life. And so, yeah, that's basically like what this album is about. Throughout the years, Demi has been very vocal about their struggles with addiction, a struggle that nearly took their life when they overdosed on a dangerous mix of opioids and fentanyl back in 2018. This morning, the platinum selling star known for her fierce pop hits is reportedly recovering in a Los Angeles hospital surrounded by family and friends. I had three strokes. I had a heart attack. My doctors said that I had five to ten more minutes. A struggle that now finds a brief sense of relief through their music. Demi leaves rehab again. When is this this gonna end? Sounds like a voice in my head. We've already gotten your first single. The track opens with the lyrics, Demi leaves rehab again, which is obviously a nod to all the press that follows your every move. There was another lyric in the song that really stood out to me, um, where you say, I'm alive, but it got harder to breathe. Can you talk about what that means? Like I was alive and I was just going through the motions and it was really, really hard. Um, And I was grateful to be alive and to have survived the overdose that I went through. But things got more difficult for me when I had to deal with the aftermath. And then I also think that sometimes when you get sober, things get harder. It ends up being the better decision for you in the long run. And it repairs relationships. It repairs things that you've done to your body and yourself, but it can be very difficult. And so one of those perspectives was probably what I wrote the lyric about. I can't imagine how hard it is to deal with addiction and especially to do it in front of the entire world adds an entirely different layer to the journey. So what was it that day when you're six years sober? What happens that you just decide to throw it all away? Well, I mean, I think it all started, you know, I have to preface it with the fact that I got sober at 19. So I got sober at an age where I wasn't even legally allowed to drink, you know, so, and I got the help that I needed at the time. And I took on the approach of a one size fits all solution, which is sobriety, you know, just sobriety. And so my whole team took that approach and we did it and we, and we ran with it and it worked for a long time. And, um, but I realized that over time as, you know, the things with the eating disorder were getting bad. I mean, um, over the years, it progressively got worse and worse with people checking my what my orders at Starbucks were on my bank statements, like just little things like that. It led me to being really, really unhappy. My bulimia got really bad and I asked for help and I didn't receive the help that I, I needed. Um, and so I was stuck in this like unhappy position and here I am sober and I'm thinking to myself, I'm six years sober, but I'm miserable. I'm even more miserable than I was when I was drinking. Why am I sober? And I sent a message out 
and I reached out to the people that were on my team and they responded with like, you're being very selfish. This would ruin things for not just you, but for us as well. And when I heard that, my, my core issues are abandonment from my birth father as a child. Like he was an addict, alcoholic, like we had to leave him and I have vivid memories of him leaving. So when they left, they totally played on that fear and I felt completely abandoned. So I drank and that night I went to a party and I, there was other stuff there and it was only three months before I ended up in the hospital with an OD and, you know, ultimately like I made the decisions that got me to where I am today. You know, it was my actions that put me in the position that I'm in and I think it's important that I sit here on this stage and tell you at home or you in the audience or you right here that um, if you do go through this, you yourself can get through it. Um, you can get to the other side and it may be bumpy, but you are a 10 out of 10. Like, don't forget it. And as long as you take the responsibility, you can move past it and learn to love yourself the way that you deserve to be loved. You mentioned before that this album was done completely clean and sober. And I'm so proud of it. To look back at a body of work and think, wow, I was clear headed for all of that. It makes me so grateful and so proud of it. As Demi's journey of healing and self-reflection continues, they have been very open with their fans about their progress. So much so that they announced in 2021 that they now identify as non-binary and use the pronouns they, them. I want to take this moment to share something very personal with you. Over the past year and a half, I've been doing some healing and self-reflective work. And through this work, I've had the revelation that I identify as non-binary. I'll officially be changing my pronouns to they, them. I feel that this best represents the fluidity I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and still am discovering. You've mentioned before that you are very fluid and you're non-binary and you go by the pronouns they, them. Um, for someone like me, I'm still learning what all of that means. And I want to be very respectful of the pronouns that people would like to be referred by. But admittedly, the they, them, I still don't quite understand. Can you please explain it to me? Yeah, so they, them is, um, I've, I've actually adopted the pronouns of she, her again. So for me, I'm such a fluid person that I don't really, I don't find that I am, I felt like, especially last year, my energy was balanced and my masculine and feminine energy. So that when I was faced with the choice of walking into a bathroom and it said women and men, I didn't feel like there was a bathroom for me because I didn't feel necessarily like a woman. I didn't feel like a man. Um, I just felt like a human. And that's what they, them is, is about for me. It's just about like feeling human at your core. Recently I've been feeling more feminine. And so I've adopted she, her again, but I think what's important is like, nobody's perfect. Everyone messes up pronouns at some point. And especially when people are learning, it's just all about respect. While most of us were watching the iconic children's show Barney on TV, seven-year-old Demi was starring on it alongside fellow future pop superstar Selena Gomez. In a recent interview, Selena looked back on those times with Demi fondly. So the funny, the, the wildest part of that story is that she actually was the girl standing in front of me. <laughs> I remember she had a red bow on. I'll never forget it. 
And I remember thinking, wow, she's so pretty. She probably comes from like a really nice house. Like, you know, I didn't have a lot growing up, but just because she had a really pretty bow and like a nice outfit, I thought, I just thought the world of her. And, um, and we both ended up after we got the part, we didn't know if the other one did. And we just had this like mini reunion when we saw each other, when we got the part and it was really fun. Okay. We're going to take it back to the very beginning of your career. What do you remember from those days? Wow. What I remember from those days, I had a lot of fun. You know, I got to shoot a TV show with my best friend and we just had so much fun. We were kids. I had another really good friend on that show. Her name was Hayden. You know, we just all really got along, had a really great time. And um, some of the really fun times were just like homeschooling together. Just like good, innocent childhood memories. On one of the most iconic childhood shows ever. No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Like many other artists in 2022, TikTok is quickly becoming the platform to share new music, which is where Demi, in a very candid way, revealed her favorite song off the new album, Might Be Substance. Their album Holy F is out on August 19th, here with their brand new single, Substance, Demi Lovato! Is anybody happy with life in the backseat, trying to master the art of detaching? Is anybody driving? Is anyone asking? Is anyone grasping the You mentioned in a TikTok that your single Substance might be your favorite off the entire album. Why is that? Um, It's just, it's the most reminiscent to me of what I used to listen to growing up. And it's also just like a really great summer song. You know, it's about, we're lacking a lot of depth in this world, but it's still a very fun song to sing and drive around in the car too. So it's got like a kind of a heavier meaning, but... Um, is still something that I think that a lot of people will be able to relate to and jam out to. There was another TikTok that you did where you talked about how important it is for you to be authentic. And you came on the screen, you had no makeup, no filters, no nothing. And I just want to say thank you for doing that because it's so important for people to see that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it's 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 a. Very appreciated. As Demi continues to inspire everyone around her, it's curious to ponder who out there is inspiring Demi. I feel like your journey has inspired so many people and so many other artists. Are there any musicians that are inspiring you? There's nobody in particular that comes to my mind. Like as I'm getting older, I realize I can look at somebody's career and think, wow, that's inspiring to me, but I don't know what's going on in their personal life. I think like getting older, I'm realizing that like, I don't have all the answers. So I don't even know if I can look at someone else and say, oh, they have all the answers. They're an inspiration to me. I think there are people that have their careers together and like, but I also don't know, like, do they balance their family life well with their career? Like we only see so much from the outside. So I think the people that inspire me the most are the people that are around me and are closest to me and that I know have their together to say the least and and people that are heroes to me are like people like my mom you know she's gone through a lot of loss and she's overcome so much yes there are careers that are inspiring to me but it's more about the the personal aspect of life i know you have a tour coming up so what can people expect from the holy tour Um, You can expect a lot of rock music, but um, if I were to give you any more details, they would just give it away. To see more of our conversation with Demi Lovato, search Spout Podcast on IG or Twitter. 
This episode of the Spout Podcast is hosted by Tamra Dia, presented by Alpha Media, produced by Mark Long, and created by Phil Becker. Spout. <laughs>